Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855am on your dial, app or digitally for this special International Women's Day broadcast of Brainwaves. My name is Flick Manning and I'm your host. Brainwaves is a mental health focused show with a lived experience lens. Now I had the pleasure of being on our guest for today's show last year and it's a real privilege to be able to swap roles and host her today because she's such a force for empowerment of women and binary non-conforming people. So today my guest is Jo Stanley. Jo is the co-host of the House of Wellness TV and radio, is a producer, stand-up comedian and host of numerous podcasts, writes a regular column for the Sunday Life magazine and is the creator of Play Like a Girl kids book series. Jo spent 12 years in breakfast radio, during which time she took two shows on two different networks to number one. She's one of the only women in Australia to ever do this. After leaving FM radio, Jo found that there was no radio station specifically catering to the experiences of women. So Jo took matters into her own hands and is now building broad radio. Jo is passionate about women's and girls' health, gender equality, social justice and mindfulness. And in support of these ideas, Jo is a patron for Lighthouse Foundation, the Wellsprings for Women and is ambassador for Left Right Hawk. She loves her daughter Willow, her husband Daz, running, meditation and the Collingwood Football Club, but let's not hold the last part of that against her. Jo, welcome to the show. Oh, Flick, it's an absolute delight to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me. Pleasure is definitely all mine. Now, I've got heaps of questions to ask you, so I'm going to just dive right in. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah, bring it on. Joe, can you describe your first experiences with anxiety for our audience, please? You know, for me, I look back at my childhood and what was described as, oh, she's very indecisive or she's someone who um, is very highly strung or she's someone who has um, extreme reactions to things. I look back now and I, through the lens of lots of therapy and lots of understanding of how I relate to the world, I see that as now clearly anxiety. And so I feel like I've had that with me all my life and it goes up and down depending on, I suppose, what I'm facing and and my experiences that day or that week, that month. So I wouldn't say that it was a very, like one moment, I guess. However, I do know, you know, through therapy that I've come to understand that part of myself and there was sort of that moment I was like oh I I see now and I guess it was because it was you know I was handed the language and to be able to use words that just didn't even exist in the 80s like you know in the 80s particularly kids they would just you know buck up and get on with it which is still I think 
I think that's still around, but certainly back then when I was a kid, there was no opportunity to really sit down and, and speak with a child about how they were feeling and relating to the world because the language wasn't there. And our adults didn't know that about themselves either. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think once we start to learn that there's actually a vocabulary to describe these things and we find ourselves relating to it, then our world just starts to make a lot more sense. We can put things together and go, oh, that is how I fit into the experience of all of this. So again, thank you for sharing that. A lot of people will definitely relate to that. Do you openly talk about anxiety on your social media platforms? And as somebody with a celebrity status, what inspired you to use your platforms in that specific way? For me, things kind of just evolve, I suppose. You know, I was doing breakfast radio. I did that for 12 years. And it's the sort of environment where you are so physically affected by the job. Like it's very, very depleting and it's really you know, that kind of fatigue and and sleep deprivation can really aggravate, you know, anxiety. And then the high pressure environment of, you know, having to rate and all of that sort of stuff, like that's pretty hard every day to front up and do your best. And so as I was sort of evolving my understanding of who I was and how I related to the world and, you know, what my mental health really meant, I guess, I suppose it just sort of evolved into this conversation that I was having with other people. And then as social media evolved, like I was on radio before Twitter, like Facebook was quite new when I was on radio. So as social media evolved and my relationship with my audience evolved, I just, I don't know any other way. I don't know why you wouldn't share this sort of experience because people are sharing with me. There's always been this dialogue between myself and the people that I spoke with through our radio show and then the people that became, I guess, my community that came with me outside of radio on social media. They're just, you know, it's a, it's a conversation. They share with me, I share with them. It just felt like the really most natural way to um, communicate with them. And I think and look, that's probably why people are you know, so keen to be part of your audience, Joe, because you are so real and it, in, it takes a certain type of person to be as sort of authentic and naturally vulnerable and in that way. So kudos for doing that. Not everyone well, can. Thanks. I mean, I, I think that um, some people are way more open and way more um, honest about, you know, their darker times. And it's not that I'm not wanting to be honest, I guess when I'm in the, like, you know, those really hard weeks, I just, social media is not for me. Like I kind of bunker down and that's not where I want to be. And I suppose I, I think that I am aware when I read other people on social media who share so much, it feels really at times performative. And so therefore I'm a little wary of sharing too much. It's a balance. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, I, I can't do anything else other than be authentic and share what I want to share. But at the same time, I want people to know that it's really considered. And that makes, again, total sense. I mean, you're a human being. There's going to be some things that you want to keep to yourself and some things that you want to share. Like it's not, you know, we can't expect everyone to share everything if they don't want to or if it doesn't feel natural. But obviously what you do share is having enough of an impact that it's starting conversation, which is what it's all about, which is great. Yeah, well, you just want to break down stigma, don't we? Absolutely. There's only one way to do that. So, mm. 
Um, now, Jay, you also have a daughter, Willow. Have you approached the subject of your mental health or even mental health in general with them? And if so, how do you go about that? Yeah, we, we talk a lot about it. Um, for her, I see similarities in her as far as how how certain situations, I mean, she's she's about to turn 14, so let's be completely honest about how that life stage is a particularly challenging time as far as you know the roller coaster of emotions that come with it and i i have to tell you i i have such extreme compassion for adolescents and teenagers that it is a really tough time and so already i'm very keen to give her as many opportunities to tell us how she's feeling and we're lucky that at this point she still wants to <laughs> i mean that could change and I have deep respect for how she wishes to relate to us. That's up to her. But yes, most definitely ever since she was a really little little one, I have been honest with her about how I have felt. Because again, I want her to have that language. I want her to have that vocabulary so that she can understand, or oh, mummy's feeling a bit sad today, or she's very worried, or things are weighing on her mind. We talk a lot about the monkey mind, even as a you know, five, six, seven-year-old, she learned mindfulness and really relates now to how she can find ways to calm her mind. And, you know, so we've always had that conversation. I've been a little worried about labeling things in a way that might catastrophize normal experience. Again, there's a balance there. And I, I think every single parent spends a lot of time going, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to make it worse for my child? But, you you know, instinctually at the moment, that's where we're at. We just are very open and uh, use the words and the language that we feel is appropriate. And she's so far, uh, you know, therapy is very normal in our house. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we talk as openly as we can and hopefully it's useful to her. I guess. Uh, I'm sure that it absolutely will be. If she's got that language, it's only going to benefit her, if not now, certainly as an adult. So that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I, you know, my experience is that because a lot, a lot of the time people say, oh, you know, if you if you, if you talk to your kids about anxiety, then they're going to start using this word anxiety when really it's not anxiety. It's just a normal worry or whatever. I just don't think children can be duplicitous. I, I, I just don't think that they have for me, anyway, I, and I only have one child, so I've, I've only got her to go by. But I, in my experience, I can't see a child being able to just, I don't know, to fabricate something like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if anything, children and teenagers are abundantly honest because they don't have that sense of filtering. And I think we learn a lot of that in adulthood in terms of how we cope and mask things, actually, is, is a lot of that from having that lack of language that you're talking about. So... Well, that's yeah. right. I mean, we basically train our children to mask who they are as they grow. No one is born masking who they are. It's, you know, they learn that. So, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, kids are abundantly honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nice way of putting it. We all know that, as, you, as you've already mentioned, the teenage years are chaotic. Joe, it is International Women's Day and you are very much a proud supporter of women in the work that you do. Just thinking in terms of the lens of mental health experiences that are commonly faced by women in our community, was what you had observed or maybe even experienced yourself part of the reason or the motivation for starting a female-focused endeavour? And if so, what are those issues that you're specifically trying to tackle? 
Yeah, 100% flick. I guess it came from initially, uh, as you said in your intro of me, I had been in radio and I, I found myself outside of radio for the first time in a long time because I got sacked. Anyway, <laughs> that, was, um, that was a whole other uh, mental health challenge and talk about anxiety, but as you know, it was actually the greatest thing to happen to me because I was able to observe uh, an industry and a a platform, a medium that I love deeply. I love radio. I love love it for its power. As you well know, it connects people and it's uplifting and it's wonderful, right? But from an outsider, I could see there is this dearth of, of radio for women, particularly women over 35. And then I started looking at women over then if you go into your 40s and beyond, that decade is statistically the decade in which women are the least happy because of this burden of, and it's a burden we, you know, I'm not saying it's one we don't willingly take on, but it's parenting, it's caring for our parents. So we're in what they call the sandwich years. It's trying to understand who we are as our children grow up and, you know, become teenagers or then move out. It's relationships that we've been in for a very long time that perhaps aren't happy. Frequently, it's financial insecurity. It's housing insecurity as we get into our 50s and 60s. It's menopause. Menopause actually has been, it's proven to have a profound impact on women's mental health, particularly anxiety and depression. So it's, there's, and there's, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So as I looked around and I realized that women are so, so important to our community, but they're so unhappy in so many different ways. You know, our families are built around women, yet they're so unhappy. And we know that there's a health crisis in so many ways for our women, not just mental health, but, you know, physically as well. So I sort of started looking at that and then, and statistically, you know, how bad it actually is. And there's a lot of research around it. And I thought, I started talking to women and all I could hear from them is that they feel like they are disappearing. Like they just disappear the older they get from seeing themselves in the media, in film, TV. You don't see yourself as you get older. But also you feel like you are losing a grip of that vitality of your life. And so I thought I really want to provide a platform in which women could see that you don't become smaller the older you get. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. You are, we are able to live as big and bold life as we ever have. It's not just for the young. There's more opportunity out there for us to be, you know, more of us is one of our mottos and being here for more. We just think, for me, it was about providing opportunities for women to hear more voices, to hear more of themselves, and particularly that diverse, you know, versions of women, which again, we never hear on radio. Like there are not women of colour, there are not First Nations women, there are not LGBTQI, there are not women with disabilities. You just don't hear that on mainstream radio. So yeah, it was very much why I was driven to do it because I'm just sad that women are sad. And I don't want us to be anymore. And I love that. I couldn't, yeah, I could listen to you talk about that quite literally all day because it's so, so true. There's so many ways in which we we are unhappy and there's so much culture and so many layers around all of that. And you're absolutely right. A lack of representation creates so many problems, including mental health 
you know, crises themselves. So, and you know, you look at the um, the actual spectrum of women's experience and what gender inequality does for women. And we know that on one end of the spectrum, it might be things like um, gender pay gap or, you know, gender stereotypes. But on the other end of that very same spectrum is uh, gendered violence and the fact that women are being murdered. And it all relates to the fact that we don't hear women's voices in the media. Like, it's just a fact. Like, 27% of the voices you hear on radio are women. So if that's happening, it skews a version of society. We're hearing something that's completely inaccurate and you're not hearing the messages that might then change attitudes and behaviours such that women are treated equally, such that that might save another woman at the end of that spectrum. Like it actually, for me, is a really logical connection and mental health is so much a part of that. Yeah, absolutely spot on, I agree with you. And look, that's across the board in terms of that sort of diversity and inclusion. There are so many issues in which women are dying, whether it's from within the medical system or within culture or whatever it is, because of these direct inactions or in things where we haven't changed it as a society. And we have to actually do that. Sadly, to some extent, we have to do it for ourselves, but also at the same time, how incredibly empowering to take that action as a woman and start to change the the narrative and the discourse in society. It's incredibly inspiring what you're doing, Joe. Incredibly oh. inspiring. Well, I'm not. I'm not doing it alone, and uh, I'm. I, you know, honestly, I'm uplifted by conversations like this every day. Thank God, because I'd be very tired otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? I think so. Life would be extremely exhausting if we weren't surrounded by each other. Joe, you are a CEO of a startup, which is a stressful undertaking, especially as entrepreneurship can come with added obstacles if you identify as female and your business is also, and your career as well for that matter, is also very public facing. So how do you approach your mental health with those pressures on a day-to-day basis? Well, you know, I always start this uh, this sort of answer with the, you know, I, the disclaimer that I want you to know when I say the things I do, I don't do them every day. And I've, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it like, you know, I often think, oh God, I'm a, I must sound like I am so put together. And I'm not. Like these are the things that I suppose if I was to write down my aspirational right on top of my own self-care today, this is what it would be, right? But I obviously don't do it all the time. And that's when I guess my mental health really struggles. So I do meditate every day and I journal most days. And those two things are critical to my um, just feeling less uh, anxious and less heightened by life, I guess, really activated. I feel very activated by life. So being able to meditate, reconnect with breath, present moment awareness, mindfulness is my daily practice, hourly, minute by minute practice. And so the meditation allows me to return to that and this present moment, but also to set an an intention for the day. So very much uh, meditation for me is quite spiritual as well as a physical um, response to being activated. And then the journaling is another layer to that of just really just releasing whatever, the blah. It's just like a you know, a vomit onto the page, basically. But it is really critical to me. And also I'm a I'm quite a an introspective person. So it helps me just get the thoughts out that have been building up for the last 24 hours. It's you know, just because otherwise they can just churn in my head. So that is they're two really critical things. Exercise, being out 
you know, in the sun, all those sorts of things, seeing friends, trying not to drink too much, yada, yada. Again, don't don't assume that I do those things, but, <laughs> but they're the things that I, I know that are very key. But certainly I've had to make peace with fear because being a startup founder is utterly terrifying. And I have had a career in which I'm on in the public eye, and that was pretty scary, I suppose. Stand-up comedy is pretty confronting, and being on radio and telling parts of your life is pretty confronting. But doing a, doing a startup in which I think it's partly because you're risking finance financially so much as well, but it's my idea out for the world to judge in a totally different way and the failure, you know, it's highest stakes I've ever done, I guess. And you just have to make peace with your fear because it's never going to go away. Like, I'm never not scared. And I'm someone who I don't know whether I have more fear than other people who seem to be able to do things that aren't, that don't affect them. Other, or or I, can't, I haven't got an answer for this. Maybe you do, Flick. I can't work out whether I have a lot more fear than some people I know or if we all have the same level of fear just some people are able to tolerate it and perhaps mask it or even just, you know, it's lower It's lower down, whereas mine is very much on the surface. Yeah, look, I'm the, I'm the same as you. I often have people will say to me, because I do a lot of front-facing stuff as well, and people say, oh, God, I couldn't do that. Oh, that's so terrifying. You must be absolutely fearless. And I think, my gosh, if you knew the sheer amount of fear that I go through on a day-to-day basis, I, I kind of wonder how it presents to people as being somehow courageous but in in fact I'm shaking my boots half the time and I just managed I guess to funnel it to deal with it in some way or find purpose for it beyond what's going on in my head but other people do seem to just sort of pick up and keep going and I think we are all a little bit unique in our own way. I wonder about that I mean when I say make peace with your fear too I've done a lot of exploration as to where and where my fear comes from and what kind of fear it is I guess. Because actually, I'm not that frightened of failure. Actually, I'm not that frightened of people's judgment. But what being in this scenario of building a business does, it triggers the fear that I have in me from childhood. So they're actually two different fears. And for me, the, like my father died when I was four, and that from that very moment instilled in me an ongoing fear of, you know, the world falling apart, basically, because it did happen, right? And because our bodies carry that trauma with you, like childhood trauma never leaves you. It's in your body. It presents as inflammation and as memory and trauma. It likes the different things, right? So I've had to understand when I'm really frightened, it's not necessarily the very thing I'm doing that day that's making me frightened or anxious or stressed. It's triggering a body response that is actually from 45 years ago. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And again, I think that's one of the things. Not everybody takes the time or has the tools to be able to take that exploration, but I agree with you because I do a lot similarly myself. Digging into that can sometimes help you to, like you said, in the sense of making peace with your fear, at least understanding in that moment where it's coming from and why it's there and that takes the edge off it somehow, I think, because you can put it in the corner and go, right, well, you're going to be there, but it's not actually about this thing that I'm doing right at this minute. So you can be parked there while I still operate over here. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that thing of name it to tame it, right? And if you're able to actually name it, and then that allows me to self-soothe in a way that's more meaningful than, oh my gosh, I'm really anxious about this meeting with this really important investor. What do I do about it? I'm like, "Uh, no, that actually, you're fine. You can fly through that. Actually, what you're feeling is something completely different. And then you know how to self-soothe. Exactly. Spot on. Just I hope everyone listening is taking notes. I hope they're getting out their journals and taking notes to that section because I think you just gave some incredibly poignant advice in terms of self-awareness and working through or at least understanding the triggers of where your mental health. And, and look, I want to say that exploration is hard. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, when if you have not done it or feel like you've, you can't or if you've tried and just gone, nut this is too hard, that's okay too because it's really, really distressing to go through those those um you know explore all those different parts of yourself it's it's very hard so be kind to yourself great piece of advice and joe look i feel like i could talk to you forever but we have come to the end of our time together as i knew we would we would spin straight through but thank you for being such a fabulous guest for international women's day in particular and for championing the rights of women and exploring the issues of women and girls all over the world that we face in the work that you do and for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, Luke, thank you so much for the work that you guys do and and particularly with this show. It's just so, I love it and it's a really important conversation that you have. Thank you so much. Now, everyone listening, if you would like to catch up on all the amazing things that Joe is doing, please head to broadradio.com.au and subscribe. You can also follow Joe and the Broad Radio team on Instagram and Facebook and even talk to them about their production and podcast arm, Broad Generation. We're going to post those links so that you'll actually be able to click through to all of that. And, of course, make sure to watch Joe being all fabulous on the House of Wellness TV too. And finally, you can catch us here on Brainwave, same time, same place next week. And of course, you can listen to the replays of any of our episodes on the 3CR podcast page or Spotify. And as I sign off on this special International Women's Day, I would like to remind you that your mental health is of equal importance to your physical health. So if you're yet to join the two in harmony together today, please take a moment now to do a big inhale, deep exhale and shower yourself with the kindness you so easily give to others. I look forward to joining you next time on Brainwaves. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression, or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.